We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Dino Dogan. He is the CEO and founder of Triber, and he's joining us for his second podcast on Marketing Nerds. I love being the regular. You are now. I mean, <laughs> this you're the only reoccurring guest we've had besides nice. our own staff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love being the regular. Yep, you're you're the first. Nice. So we had a lot of good feedback from our last podcast. It's actually one of our most listened to podcasts. Oh, wonderful. Wow. Yeah. And so I know, you know, when we stopped talking on our last episode, which we'll link to whenever we give the summary of this one, we wanted to talk more about in the second podcast about why people share on social and on Triber. Yeah. It's such a fascinating topic. Yeah. I mean, just, and I, and I kind of, got into this with the questions I sent you earlier, but, you know, the psychology or, you know, what spurs people into action when it comes to sharing? In your opinion, what do you think, you know, that is? What motivates people to share? You know, I've been living at this intersection of social and content for like five plus years now. And, and you know, running a sharing platform, it gives me a lot of insight into uh, uh, people's behaviors. Um, so, uh, so, uh, w- so was your, wait, I, I kind of lost track of questions. Uh, was it why people share on Triber? Just, uh, well, we can talk about that too, but I wanted to first kind of get your thoughts on why people share in general. And then right. if you want to talk about Triber too, that'd be cool. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Triber plays into one of the sharing triggers. Um, uh, but, uh, in terms of the psychology, uh, as to why people, um, share. So, there's there's some fundamental stuff that we need to cover, right? People will share mm-hmm. because stuff is in front of them. Uh, it's easy, and they have a vague sense of uh, uh, th- that someone will like it or retweet gotcha. it or comment on it or something like that, uh, which ties into uh, another interesting thing that y- you brought up earlier, which is uh, you know a little emotional charge that we get from likes and retweets and stuff like that. But I think that's important to understand. Uh, if it's in front of me and if it's easy and I have, and if I have a, just a vague sense that it might have some kind of an impact on me getting some kind of uh, emotional charge in return, a like, a retweet, a comment, um, then you know I will share. People will share. So there's that side. Uh, the there's another side uh, when you ask people why they share. They will give you a very logical, very rational system that they have. Yeah. Right, and it's like you know uh, I share because I know my audience. I know what they like, and these are the things that I'm interested in, and I've read them, and I've you know I curate and blah blah blah, and it's all nonsense. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, um, you don't have to dig deep into neuroscience and psychology to know that the neocortex, the logical brain, doesn't run the show. Mm-hmm. The reptilian and the emotional middle brain um, run the show, right? Yeah, so survival and satisfaction basically what? is what powers 
humans. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So when we consider why people do things that they do online, for example, sharing, uh, we have to look at those deeper emotional drives that often people are not even aware of it uh, uh, that's happening to them. So I divvy them up into enlightened self-interest and self-interest. So those are the two <laughs> major categories, and there are a bunch of sharing triggers um, uh, in each, and we can talk about some of those if uh, if you want. Yeah, sure. I think that'd be really interesting. I think, you know, going into the validation aspect of it, I think, you know, for me, a lot of people, like, so when I'm sharing stuff on social, I like when people like my status. If I think of, you know, a funny joke that I make or something, it it's almost self-validating to me that and it makes me feel good. And so, mm-hmm. is that one of the triggers? I mean, just kind of getting that external validation from other people that what you're sharing is valid and it makes you feel more important. One of the greatest books on uh, social media is written by a dog trainer about dog training. What? It's called The Culture Code. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant book. Um, oh, geez, I forgot the author's name. Karen something. I, f- I forget exactly. It's called The Culture Code. Okay. Um, uh, it's a, a book on dog training, and it's basically about you know uh, rewarding dogs uh, for uh, uh, executing certain commands and stuff like that. Um, and she didn't just talk about dogs. Uh, you know, it's the same principle that you use to tr- train any mammal. Uh, whether it's a dolphin or a cat, though they're more difficult to train, <laughs> or you know something else entirely, or, or like a horse, right? Um, the principles are the same, um, and and our little treats are likes and comments, yeah, and uh, uh, you know uh, retweets and shares and stuff like that. So so your instinct is right on the money. It's an emotional charge that we get when we share something that our audience enjoys, uh, and that prompts us to share it the next time in order to get that same charge. It's, we're kind of like junkies in that way. Yeah, it's hard not to get hooked on it and not yeah. to obsess over it, you know? Yeah, we're chasing the dragon. Yeah, I mean, who liked this? Who saw this? You know, oh, so-and-so retweeted me. I mean, there's been times. So last week, I for SCJ's book club, I did uh, Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. And I was kind of um, a little showy in my title. I said it changed my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I tweeted about it, about the blog post, about my review. And t- uh, Tim Ferriss responded to me. And said, you know, thanks so much for sharing or for the review or whatever. And I was like, I told a couple people about it because I was hyped up that he talked to me on Twitter. And it made it feel, it just made me feel really cool that he liked my review. And, you know, obviously I really respect him. And his book did really change, you know, it, how not only how I worked, but, you know, what I decided I wanted to do. And so it was kind of cool to get him his feedback on, you know, me saying that it made a difference. And so that's probably me being the dog again, sitting pretty for a treat, but, but I like But it. so is he though, right? I mean, that's uh, true. he Good gets point. an emotional charge from it as well. Uh, so, so it's this, you know, mutual uh, uh you know, throwing of treats back and forth. <laughs> That's true. It's like, thanks for reading my stuff. Well, thanks for sharing my stuff. Well, thanks for seeing this. <laughs> exactly. 
So what are some other triggers that you kind of um, mentioned? What are some other triggers besides this, you know, reward seeking? Mm -hmm. uh, so there's uh, uh, there's two major categories: enlightened self interest and self interest. Uh, we can go through enlightened self interest because that category is really short. Okay. There's only cool. two triggers in that category. Uh, and in the enlightened self-interest category, and this is taken straight from Buddhism, um, uh, you know, enlightened self-interest is the good kind of self-interest. Okay. Um, so uh, the uh, the no, uh, the number one, this is no particular order, but uh, uh, the number one I'm going to bring up is reciprocity. Right? It's the mutual admiration society, if you will. It's yeah. the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's kind of a cornerstone of most religions. Uh, religions. Um, it's this reciprocity thing. Um, and I know you have a, a, a question in your chamber about uh, why people share on Triber. And this is uh, uh, the primary drive on Triber as to why people share. Because gotcha. when you join... A uh, bunch of people, uh, all of them are content creators. You join their network, join their tribes. Uh, they uh, share your content, uh, and then you share their content in return. You tap into their audience. They tap into yours. It's this rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing. Mm. Um, and um, uh, and uh, Tribery even has this, uh, um, we call it the affinity algorithm. Uh, it's essentially a karma engine that kicks in. When I share your content, mm -hmm. um, Triber says, oh, um, Dino is showing affinity for Kelsey, for Kelsey's content. So let's give Kelsey an opportunity to reciprocate. Gotcha. Right? So then Triber takes my content and puts it in front of you. Gotcha. Right? So is this. Right, so this is mutual uh, back and forth. Um, so there's enlightened self-interest, and um, in that category, there's reciprocity, and then there's the second one, which is magnanimity. Um, and magnanimity is all about essentially looking big, looking magnanimous, looking okay. um, um, selfless, essentially, right? But whenever I look self, if I, so when I give half my sandwich to a homeless person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm being magnanimous kind of, right? So that's, that's the enlightened part, right? But the self-interested part is that it makes me feel good to be generous. So you're being generous just because the act of it makes you feel good, not because you want other people to see you being generous. Well, it's, it, they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Right? Um, and it's not, and, and, and Dino is not the only one who feels this way. It's a, a kind of, it's a fundamental human nature type of thing. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it all really uh, comes down to how many layers do you want to scratch? So when we are charitable, when we are altruistic, uh, uh, on a very surface layer, layer, we're being very generous, very enlightened, very, you know, good, very mm -hmm. big, uh, very giving, and so on. All these good characteristics, right? But when you scratch that layer, what's underneath is that ultimately um, it makes you feel better about yourself. It makes me feel better about myself when I'm magnanimous. And that's expressed online through shares of things that have nothing to do with you. So you didn't share my stuff. Uh, I'm not quoted in your article. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm not connected to your article in any way. Um, 
maybe you're just a, an amazing content creator who created a, a you know a five thousand word uh, uh, treaty on something like really amazing and special, and uh, I end up sharing it because it helps you and it helps my audience discover amazing content. Okay. So those are the two enlightened self-interest uh, 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 categories. And then there's uh, self-interest has a whole bunch of them. Um, and it's important to note that the, none of these uh, that we've mentioned, that we're going to mention, are mutually exclusive. Okay. They can work in concert. They can work independently. It's all good. It really depends on a person and a uh, context and so on. Um, but here, I'll give you one of the uh, self-interested ones. Um, um, an article that slays my enemies <laughs> is an article that I'm going to share. <laughs> okay. So if I'm Republican and there's uh, um, uh, there's an article about how Democrats suck, right? Mm -hmm. That helps me slay my enemies. So I will then share that article because it's kind of supporting your own interests and in what. You exactly. It. it supports my uh, uh, point of view. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the big ones. Um, uh, one, another one that ties right into it is uh, something that uh, confirms my beliefs. Right. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, confer, uh, uh, something that taps into a bunch of different ones. A um, bunch of years ago, I worked with a company that made makes uh, solar panels. Okay. So now imagine working on content strategy for a solar panel company, right? What does a solar panel company write about? The panels are two feet by four <laughs> feet, right? They take yeah. in this much sun rays, store this much. It'd I mean, hard. it's the driest, most boring stuff ever, mm -hmm. right? And people don't care until they actually have to install it. And then uh, even at that point, they only care about like how much money is this going to save me? Uh -huh. And how much is this going to cost me? Like they care about that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, so, so the strategy um, uh, that we uh, developed w didn't relate to solar panels directly. It was what are solar panels fundamentally? Well, it's it's a technology, right? It's a technology. It's a new technology. It's a technology that's based on natural, sustainable resources, right? Mm -hmm. It's a technology that's based on renewable resources. And now we're starting to like scratch that surface of like what are we at our core, right? Yeah. And we are a technology company focused on renewable, sustainable energy. Well, that opens up a whole field of content that you can write about. Yeah, right? that's getting into the you know environmental activism. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the most popular uh, pieces of content that we, that we made was about algaes that were grown on a lake as energy. Oh wow! Right. So scientists managed to like grow some algaes uh, uh, and convert that somehow into energy or whatever, um, and and that turned out to be uh, one of the most popular articles. And it's and the reason it's um, um, it managed to find its audience is because its audience was already predefined. There's already tribes online and in real life who are into sustainable, alternative, renewable energies. 
Yeah, and and once you figure out, you know, that audience, you it makes it a lot easier to write content about almost anything. Absolutely. And that was something I kind of wanted to ask you about is what you think goes into content to make it good enough to share and pushes people to share. So obviously what we're just talking about is it's it's aligning with someone's values or beliefs, mm-hmm. but is there any aspect besides that with content that triggers people to share? more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so another one is, and this is a really easy one. It's a really powerful one. Uh, it's polarity. Hmm. It's us versus them. Good versus evil, light versus dark, my team versus your team. Hi, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Gotcha. Right. Um, uh, uh, humans, uh, human psyche is so, uh, polarized. Um, we, we have a tendency to put things into one of these two false dichotomies, uh, and uh, lots of brands and, uh, religions and cults and sports teams, I guess that falls under brands as well, right? Yeah, um, kind of. But like basically anything you can think of, um, they've used polarity as uh, as a tool. So going back to uh, Democrats versus Republicans, right? So if you think about something like uh, an article that says um, uh, Republicans suck, Democrats are awesome, <laughs> right? If you take that kind of polarity, and by the way, that's polarity in our polit- political system. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, and it's like everyday thing too. Um, so if you take an article like that, uh, what's going to happen to it? Well, if I'm a Democrat in this scenario, right, and uh, the article says Republicans suck, Democrats are awesome, um, when I share that article, it confirms my beliefs, right, like mm-hmm. the algae post. It helps me slay my enemies because it says Republicans suck, Yeah. right? And, uh, uh, and uh, it's certainly polarizing, it forces me to identify, that brings us to another sharing trigger, identification, mm. uh, forces me to identify with one group or the other, take a side essentially, right? And then, uh, of course, I'm, uh, I'm uh, much more likely to share it if all of that is, you know, um, found in the same article. And what happens is really interesting, right? Because um, that's a very clear polarizing piece of content, right? Republicans suck. Democrats are awesome. Democrats end up sharing this stuff because it confirms their beliefs, slays their enemies, forces them to uh, take a side. Um, but that will also bring Republicans to that content, right? Because they will want to argue against it point yeah. by point, right? And then when they argue against it, they will want to share that article with their f- Republican friends in order to bring uh, uh, their resources to bear, their soldiers, to help fight this battle. So it's kind of playing both sides. I mean... Absolutely. It doesn't Meanwhile, really matter. Ads, ads are clicking. Ads are being shown. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, it doesn't matter what the people believe as long as they're reading it. Right, right. And you just described today's uh, uh, state of affairs online. (laughs) That basically encapsulates it. Yeah, I mean, there's some articles I read, usually they're local news articles, and I think, oh my gosh, I don't even want to scroll down to the comment section of this because it's going to be crazy. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. But it's bringing the traffic, and that's what you want. 
that's all it matters, right? When your model is selling ad space, then it doesn't matter what kind of traffic comes to your door. It, it just matters that it comes to your door. So I wanted to ask you two more questions. Please. So this is kind of um, going off from what we were just talking about. But one thing I definitely wanted to ask about, um, which is something that whenever I talk about Triber with other people, they always bring up, is the aspect of the automated sharing on Triber. Mm -hmm. So I know when you're in specific tribes, sometimes the content from other people that are in your tribe can be shared on plat um, your social networks automatically. Do you think, I mean, obviously that's one of Triber's features, but what are the pros and cons of that when it comes to social sharing in general? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely pros and cons. Uh, you know, Triber, like Hootsuite or any number of the tools that help you schedule your shares, because that's what Triber does. It really just helps you schedule your shares. Um, any number of these tools um, suffers uh, from the same, um, you know, ailments and also has the same kind of benefits. So the benefit is if I uh, can sort of very quickly, very easily queue up a bunch of articles to go out, say 10 articles, to get staggered today uh, and get shared every hour, hour and a half or whatever, um, and, and I can do that very quickly and they're from trusted sources and you know trusted um, content creators that I like, that I've connected with. Mm -hmm that I've pre-curated, that I've at the very least scanned those articles, um, if, if not read. Um, that's very useful um, in a number of ways. Uh, if I can do that quickly, I can then go off and you know, live my life, hopefully, right? Yeah, it um, makes it easier. Yeah, it makes it easier. And then uh, if, uh, if engagement is what I want, that frees up my hands and frees up my time to actually connect with people. Um, you know, uh, engage one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. Because, you know, stuff that we can automate, why not automate it? We don't go to a well to grab a bucket of water anymore. We have a faucet at, at the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, so certain things that can be automated, why not? One-on-one -on -one engagement, you can't automate that. So uh, in theory, when you have a bunch of stuff queued up and it's feeding your um, audience and sending stuff out, it leaves you with more time to engage one-on-one. -on -one. So that's, that's a benefit. But yeah. there, there is, a, uh, there is a, a, a bad side to that, which is um, almost all platforms, almost universally, certainly Facebook, probably Twitter, um, uh, maybe some other ones too, will um, ding you for automating it. So, oh. so – Right. So like on Facebook, when you share something manually, when you share a link manually, Facebook knows that you've used their web interface, your browser, to share. Mm -hmm. So th they know that you've done it uh, very manually. And they know that this has been, you know, you doing it hands-on, handmade share, if you will, right? Gotcha. But when it's brought in by a, a third-party API like Triber, like Hootsuite, like Super, like any number of uh, uh, scheduling tools – um, tweet deck or whatever, um, um, they understand that that has come through some other piece of software and they will ding you for it. So uh, they're not going to show it to as many people as they can, for example. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook is funny that way. They keep tweaking their algorithm, but they always have a preference towards uh, the content that they always want you to be directly engaged on Facebook. 
right? That's Facebook's primary objective. Yeah, I mean, I see their reasoning behind it for sure. It's just frustrating, you know, to try to stay on top of all this stuff. And, you know, if you're going to get the best lift from doing it manually, it makes it almost impossible to have to have people on deck scheduling things or not even scheduling, sending things out manually. Right, right. Well, I mean, so it makes sense for Facebook, right? Because now if you want more people to see it, you have to pay them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that's true because you can't boost scheduled posts on Facebook. We found on SEJ. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. So if you're scheduling a post, you don't have the option to boost it at the time you schedule it. You can boost it after it already published. I see. So that's that's kind of frustrating because we'll boost, you know, prevent, um, promoting certain events like our webinars or whatever and we know we want to boost it, but then we have to have, we have to come back and do it manually and remember. So it's just an extra step, but I don't. That, it makes me curious to know if they did that on purpose. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's uh, their primary objective is to keep you on Facebook directly engaged. Yeah. That that opens the doors for them to do everything else, which is you know show you ads or you know get you sucked in deeper into Facebook. I say that while being completely sucked into Facebook, by the way. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the last thing I wanted to ask you is I thought it'd be interesting if you could tell the, uh, us in the audience what makes you specifically want to share content and what type of content draws you in the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. A great question. So it's, uh, um, I've, I've, I've been sharing a lot less publicly and a lot more privately. Hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. So in terms of public shares, um, I, anything that my friends are doing, um, I will, uh, promote the crap out of it. Um, especially, you know, I've, uh, I'm fortunate enough to know a few cool people who are doing some cool stuff. Um, so I will promote the crap out of them. And, um, um, it usually ends up in some kind of a reciprocity type, uh, uh scenario cause they end up promoting me cause they're nice people. Um, but I really do it because, um, you know, I, I'd l- I like to think of myself as magnanimous, right? Mm-hmm. We all do. Um, so, so publicly, I will promote um, uh, stuff that my friends are up to. Um, uh, I've found myself uh, promoting stuff uh, via email. I shouldn't say promoting. Um, sharing. Uh, share, sure, let's say sharing, right? Um, if there's an article, um, I, I, the last one I did was the one that was written by me, but that's like atypical. It's usually something else. Um, uh, I, uh, I'll grab the article and I'll email it or it doesn't have to be an article. It could be, an, be like a discount code or uh, a code to, for, uh, for a free ticket to an event and I'll email, uh, people individually, sometimes grouped, mm-hmm. uh, but it's better when, uh, when it's, uh, really manual handmade, um, uh, that, you know, you, you know, the whole handmade thing, um, makes a, a lot of difference. People know it. People recognize it. People understand that this was intended specifically for them, right? Um, for for those thirty seconds that you uh, put together an email, 
when I send you that email, Kelsey, I was thinking about you. Yeah. And that makes you a lot more likely to click on that rather than seeing something that I've shared on Twitter that wasn't particularly intended for you specifically. Uh, but was intended for all of my, you know, Twitter followers, for example. Yeah, I I hadn't even thought about that, but I do that all the time. I'll mm-hmm. send stuff to my family. If it's, you know, me and my dad and brother have the same type of humor, sense of humor, so I'll send them something that I know they'll think's funny. Or if me and my friend just had a conversation about a book and I see an article written by that book's author, then mm-hmm. I'll just send it to them. So I didn't even think about that as a form of social sharing, but it is. You know, in uh, in his book, Contagious, Jonah Berger um, uh, talks about the uh, the whole word of mouth, right? Because the s- social sharing bit is just word of mouth. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, that's um, true. Just um, digitally. Right. Um, uh, he, he talks about... Hmm, I may misquote him here. Uh, it's definitely a single-digit number. I forget if it's 7% or 9% or 6%, something like that. But some ridiculously small amount of word of mouth happens digitally. The rest, 90-plus percent, is actually in real life. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's so many times that I recommend books or websites or products to people if we're out for drinks or we're at lunch or you know, things like that. It's just part of the natural human conversation. Right, right. We have our faces buried in these screens day in and day out. All we know is crap we see on the screen. And then when we're away from the screen, what are you going to end up talking about? (laughs) The crap you saw on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Well, this has been a really interesting call again. Um, (laughs) So much stuff to talk about. I think every time I talk to you, I get all these ideas and I always think of things in a different way. Wonderful. So good. I I enjoyed having you on. I enjoy being on, especially being the only non-staffer that that is coming for the second time. You are special. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the treat. Well, um, again, this is Kelsey Jones, executive editor of SCJ, and Dino Dogan, CEO and founder of Triber. Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey. Bye. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.